to Fails to Wins. I am Mina. I'm Aisha. And today we have a special guest, Ms. Margot Hellman, and she is a clinical social worker and therapist. She's awesome. Um, she is Canadian, but based out of Jerusalem, doing amazing things. She does um, video sessions or home visits if you need them, and she rocks, and we're so happy to have you. Welcome, Ms. Margot. Thank you very much. It's really a pleasure to be here. It's exciting. So Fine to meet you. Tell us a little bit about you and what you do. Okay, well, I'm Margo, as you said, and uh, I'm a clinical social worker. Um, I'm actually a, also a midwife. I don't, I don't, I don't Ooh. talk about it, but I used to, I was a lay midwife in El Paso, Texas. I told you I moved around a lot. Yeah. So I started out uh, a psychology major as a, as a young woman, and then I was kind of searching for what I wanted to do, and I studied lay midwifery. And then from there, I went to working with end of life. And that's when I became a social worker. That was quite a while ago. So some of the people that I work with in my private practice are coping with illness and loss. Yeah. I, I ran a subsidized therapy program for a long time for people coping with illness and loss. And the thing about that is people come to therapy when these major things happen to them in their lives. And maybe they've been coping with some other things for a while, but it's it's almost like it's easier to come to therapy because of something like illness or something like loss than it is because of anxiety or because of a, rela a difficult relationship. Those are, but those are things that so many of us experience. So I gained a lot of experience working with people with anxiety and with difficult relationships and uh, yeah, and trying to help people live well no matter what. I think if, if there's anything that, that I'm about, it's that. Yeah. That's that's awesome and you really hit on a good point like people almost need like a life-changing event to give themselves an excuse to seek help when really we should be doing that maintenance all along anyway right like, like going to a regular doctor's visit every now and then we like to check on our physical selves but all that drives us is our mentality and our emotional well-being yeah, absolutely. You know, so some people might want to do that kind of like what you said about going, you know, treating it like part of your holistic health, right? So you go to a doctor. So some people might want to go to a therapist regularly. Other people might want to find some other source of, but just thinking about like what feeds my mental health, what, what makes me feel connected to myself and, and like I can deal with my thoughts and feelings and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, what is in, in your practice and in the things that you've been doing throughout your life? So what's one thing that you can think of that was in your eyes like a failure, like something that's that happened to you that's, that was very negative, but you turned it around to be something positive? Well, this is actually something I'm really thinking about a lot these days because I started, I've learned so much. I'm going to start from the end a little bit, but I'm going to make sure I answer your question. But my intention is. <laughs> oh, go for it. Go for it. <laughs> so I've learned so much working with so many different people who are coping with so many different kinds of things because just because someone's coping with illness or loss doesn't mean they're not coping with anything else, right? Right. Because all of us will be coping with illness or with loss at some point. Right. And I learned that, that there's two things that are so often, the one thing that's so often part of anything we're coping with, and one skill that 
just helps us deal with whatever we have to deal with. And I also learned it from my own struggles. So I learned it from people I worked with that anything we're coping with, there's often some kind of relationship struggle involved. Because if we're going through stress, then it also affects our relationship. And yeah. any relationship problems that we have are going to be made, exacerbated, right? Made even worse by any stress we're going through. Yeah. So I just started seeing, whoa, relationship conflict, relationship conflict everywhere. And I also found that listening is this incredible resource. I feel that people come to me and they pay me good money. And I feel like half of what they're paying me for is listening. And I sort of feel like we should be able to do that for each other more. So that's a long-term project. Yeah. But in terms, of, in terms of failures and something that I, I turned into a success is just in my own relationships, you know, I love mindfulness and I meditate. I've been using mindfulness in my life for a long time, since I was in my 20s, which was like 30 years ago. And uh, uh, so I, I love the mindfulness approach of focusing on here and now. There's always something good in here and now, right? And then throughout the years, through different, there's been different periods in my life where sometimes I meditated every day. Sometimes I more just use mindfulness informally. These days for the past few years, I have been meditating every day. But then what happens, you know, you're sitting on your meditation cushion or you're getting all peaceful on your yoga mat, right? And then you stand up, you walk into the kitchen or the living room and you see someone and you have to deal with somebody and then all that inner work that you do can just disappear. Mm. And I found myself failing that way. That, you know, I'd get too upset and too reactive when dealing with relationship conflict in my life. So I started to realize that the same self-soothing skills that I can that I need to do, that I want to do in my chair, or I want to do before I start working on a project, or I need to try to figure out how to bring them to relationship conflict. Wow. So that's what I've been working on. And I worked on it personally first, and now I kind of conceptualized it and put it into some little packages and things, so I'm putting it out there, because I, I just think it's something really simple that can help a lot of people. Mm -hmm. We were talking about wanting to help people, so it makes me happy also to be able to help people. Yeah. That, that just, that makes me so happy to hear you talking about that because um, as we go day to day, when you're talking about mindfulness and just that skill alone, it does take a lot of um, energy to actually calm yourself, to be able to get yourself basically centered and in, into the moment. And because there's so many stressors going on now um, with technology and like you said, with other people, even with the relationship thing, you know, that can also be tied through our phones. We can get that phone call from that person that can throw us off or um, see that post that somebody made that just stirs up all of those emotions. The next thing you know, you're just kind of dismantled from your um, state of mindfulness that you once had. Um, and that kind of ties into the resiliency project that we've been working on as well. Like, how do you stay resilient when there's so many things kind of working against that. So I'm so grateful that you brought that point up. Just, um, just the skill of mindfulness in general is so important. Um, so I think that is amazing. I like yeah, how I um, you brought up the fact that, 
you know, you can get in that zone and then you, you know, basically your relationships can can throw it throw you off sometimes and hey you got to kind of cultivate your relationships around um i mean your your mental health i mean relationship is important we can't avoid it whether it's friends acquaintances or or neighbors and so it kind of co-workers hmm? or co-workers sorry yeah, i interrupted or, you there yeah, yeah, yeah or co-workers right and so it kind of brings to the forefront the fact that we can't just include just ourselves and our and our mental well-being we have to watch out who we have in, in our relationships and things like that who we're in contact with and we do have a relationship course that we worked on um like a while back but um i i kind of put in one of the courses one of one very important thing is reciprocity um in a relationship whether you know be friends family acquaintances there has to be some sort of some sort of give and take there um like if you're my friend or acquaintance you know, and I'm a certain way, you should know some of those cues. And if you get a certain way, I should know some of those cues, whether I can help you or not, I can either give you space to do what you need to do, or, you know, find you help or connect you with somebody. And so, you know, we have to almost be selfish and cognizant of who we have, you know, entering our, our headspace, whether directly or, or indirectly, because like you said, you can get in the zone, you know, get your meditation thing going on and you just walk out and you see someone who, who you either aren't agreeing with or reminds you of something, and then it's just pff, off or not. And it shouldn't be that way. You have to have some sort of mental fortitude about that too, um, in addition to having, you know, stable enough relationships that include that reciprocity. Um, I know from experience, um, so I'm a, I'm a Christian believer in Jesus Christ. And so I know before I got saved, it wouldn't take much for me to just, just, fall to pieces you know um but as i got deeper into my faith and i realized the promises that god had for me and that i had value and that i had a purpose those kind of stirred some things up in my emotional and mental well-being so when i did face certain people i would not just fall to pieces you know i, I, I would remember hey god saw fit to wake that person up and he saw fit to wake me up too we both have purposes but right now you know i don't, don't want to deal with you i'm not going to fall apart because of it so yeah, definitely that that mental fortitude, that spiritual fortitude, um, can can definitely, uh, you know, make a big impact. And you know, in our in our mental wealth toolkits in everyday life. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with you. You know, I think we all need to find our spiritual resources, and they're going to be really different for different people. We need to respect other people's spiritual resources and celebrate them, right? And you're talking about bringing those to the moments where we need them most, right? Oh, yeah. So we often think of faith as ritual-based or, you know, we, we, we go do it in the church or we go, we, we practice our faith in the synagogue or we practice meditation on the cushion or wherever, you know, but we to bring it into our lives where we most need it. That's where it can be really resource for us. I, I want to say something else about, you know, it's so true that we need mental fortitude and spiritual fortitude and that we shouldn't respond the way we respond. But I find that we have to start with compassion for ourselves. That if we've got this little voice going, oh gosh, you're, you did it again, it's much harder to like get some soothing control. Blaming ourselves makes it harder. So I know that's not what you meant. I have a feeling that that's not what you meant about blaming ourselves, but I thought it's maybe an interesting thing also to add. 
Oh, definitely. Just, yep, I did it again, and I'm a human being. And okay, so what what can I do now? What can how can I? What's the next little step I can take to help myself to calm down? Let's say. I think also recognizing that there's billions of us on the planet, so there's even trillions more mistakes that other people have made as well. And that my mistake is not about to blow up the planet because I know that oftentimes we can fall victim to catastrophic thinking too. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I'm often I often think about, you know, I am one of eight billion people. I'm one of eight billion people. I'm just one person. And if I'm experiencing this, let's say if one I forget, I did the math once, but I'm not. I'm going to get it wrong now. But let's say if one out of every million people is experiencing something like me. I think that means another 8 million people are, are, are going through the same thing I am, or 800,000 people, I don't know. But yeah, it's, it's like part of the normal experience of life, most of the things we go through, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And definitely how Maisha said that maintenance is important. It's very, very important because, you know, even in our faith and even in our mental well-being, we shouldn't wait to the last minute to go get help. Because by that point, because I think about like this. So one day when I grow up, I'm going to be a professional counselor. And when someone's dealing with a death or a loss or, or marital issues, they're coming to me with more than that because they haven't seen anybody before. So I'm going to be dealing with the marital issues, the anger, the upset childhood, all of that stuff, a whole package of things instead of just the one issue that they initially made the appointment for. And so... Mm -hmm you know, it, to me, it'll elongate the, the healing process, you know, before I can even hit on the marriage, I probably have to help them unpack so many other things before we can even get to the present issue. Because even in a marriage, you know, you're bringing two separate types of luggage. Everybody brings baggage, no matter what they say, people bring baggage. And so you have to kind of unpack hubby's baggage, wifey's baggage, and then, you know, reconstruct and repack the bags all together before you can, can get to the present issue so that's why maintenance is so important you know um even like in a regular doctor's visit if you go for a sniffle you know it could only be a sniffle because you've been seen regularly up until that point but if you go for something else random that you haven't been seen before now the doctor has to fix so many different things in one visit so yeah it's it's very important to, to do that maintenance and you don't have to have a catastrophic reason to see somebody to do that maintenance like you don't want surgery the first day right yeah you give yourself shot. that give yourself that gift give yourself that space of getting what you need oh yeah, yeah. absolutely aisha yes i'm sorry my baby was um being a baby he has a new lion and was roar oh that's so cool. um <laughs> But I, I, <laughs> I love I love that you talk about listening a lot in your uh, you know reading some more of course listening um, when you're dealing with um, when you're dealing with clients and how important it is and how people do come to you just because literally you're listening to them you're listening to all of them and um, that's a big part of even your self awareness as well. Um, I feel like in order to be able to deal with such a busy world and such so much stuff going on in our lives, we have to be able to really hone in on what's actually going on. That would also include um, our awareness of just being able to forgive ourselves. And again, like you guys uh, reiterated, that we're human beings. There's no need to say, I shouldn't be going through this. I, we shouldn't be shooting on ourselves. 
whenever we're dealing with ourselves. We should not be just saying, oh, I shouldn't be going through this. If you're grieving, you're grieving. If you're sad, you're sad. If you're depressed, you're depressed. And we should really know what we look like when we go through those things. Absolutely. Yeah. Someone's, someone's, someone's joining us, huh? It's fun. Listening is a kind of radical acceptance. Mm. Have you come across that, that phrase, radical acceptance? Yep. yep. Yeah. You sure have. Yeah. I love it. So it's, and, it, and people say, what do you mean? How, I should accept that I have this problem. I should accept that I'm angry. I'm not supposed to be angry. Or I should accept that this person is talking to me this way. They're not supposed to talk to me that way. And those things can be true. They're, they're, maybe they're not supposed to, you know, I don't know how they're talking, but often they're not supposed to be talking to you that way. But radical acceptance is just about saying, this is what is. This is what is right now. And then you can figure out what you want to do about it. But if you're busy fighting what is, it's harder to figure out what you want to do about it or what can be done about it. And listening is a form of radical acceptance. It's accepting the other and it's accepting your own, your own reactions in the moment. Yeah. So I built some little, some steps. I want to, I want to, I don't know how to give you guys a link so that your listeners can can find some a free thing that I have about teaching three simple steps of listening when it's hard and, and calm, being calm. I, I, I signed up for it and I think yeah. I got it. Yeah, I saw it on there, um, your three steps and I signed up for it. And I like how simple it was just to get there from your page. Yeah, I got it, calm during conflict. Yeah, yeah. So have you had a chance to look at it yet? I'd love to know what you think. I just, just got it. Like, as we were talking, I was taking a look at it. And I just thought it was really cool how, um, how easy it was to get to it. It's amazing how resources could be right there. <laughs> and even as simple as just, um, like, on your page where you go to the link and you just put your name in there, your email address, and then you sent out, um, like, hold on, I'm going to look on my computer. Pretty amazing, I know. It's a, it, it's a strange world in some ways and in some challenging ways. <laughs> so that's one of the Definitely. good ways. Yeah. But I would love to hear it when you get a chance to look at it. I'd love to hear what you think. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Oh, here it is. Yeah, well, Miss Margo, this about wraps us up here. Told you to be super, super easy. And I just thank you so much um, for coordinating time zones with us. <laughs> so that way we can be able to hop on and talk about this awesome awesome subject we love mental health we love fails to wins we love hearing how people um in all walks of life you know deal with setbacks and comebacks and yeah. the fact that you know you learn things along the way and that's what really makes it a win you know when you learn something from a failure or a setback you know it doesn't it doesn't make the struggle for nothing right so I just thank you so much, Ms. Margot, for sharing your time. And we're going to share those resources um, that you have available for free. We're going to throw them on our website. And our, we have, actually have a podcast website that we're working on building right now. So we're going to throw that up there along with our social media stuff. So I thank you so, so much, Ms. Margot. Any parting words, any parting wisdoms you want to share with us before you go? First of all, just thank you. You guys made it so easy and comfortable and fun and, and it's great. I love talking to you. And just, yeah, I'll just say again what you just said, <laughs> that life is about learning. Yeah, that's what it's for. That's what it's for. 
So yeah. Oh, and also one more thing I'll add. There's yeah. a study. You know, psychology often looks at our negative, our, the problems, and there's a study about what positive characteristics lead to happiness. And one of them is gratitude. There's only two that have been found uh, with research to lead to actually lead to, gra to gratitude and not just, oof, I'm mixing up my words here, not oh, lead okay. to happiness, not just be connected to happiness. So one of them is gratitude, and the other is love of learning. And I just love that. And that's about that. like, learning, learning from our failures, learning from our challenges and moving forward. That's what it's all about. So this is a great, fails to win is a great focus. I love it. Oh, definitely. Thank you, Miss Margo. And, like yeah. So You're very welcome. Thank you. All right. On the Facebook page too. <laughs> <laughs> what I didn't hear you, Aisha? I'm on your um, Facebook page page as well. Okay. I see that your, um, it led me to this as well. I saw your three steps and I'm actually on there. So you'll see us popping up. Because <laughs> this, you know, I feel like we had this great talk and now what? We're never going to see each other again? No, yes, definitely. Neighbors now. <laughs> okay. Well, it's nice. Yeah, to I'm an email queen, so you might see me again. <laughs> Great. Can't scare me. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, Miss Margo. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Yeah. See ya.